welcome to another episode of Living an Ultra Life. This week, I'm joined by a very special guest, a young man I have known since I had hair. No, wait, I didn't have hair back then. This is one of my favorite people in the world, and his name is Anatoly Sakno. He goes by my Ukrainian son most of the time, and it is such an honor to be joined by this young man. Anatoly, you ready to go for a run? Let's do it. So, Anatoly, tell us a little bit about yourself. Most importantly, I'm Ukrainian, coming from a small community of 1,400 people, from the family of teachers uh, uh, who like really had a privilege and honor to understand at the early age the importance of education and following your dreams, despite like you know what would people say. And having a chance to be in on two exchange programs, both in the United States, uh, later in France, uh, later getting an MBA in Poland, and uh, having a chance to work with really meeting great people. Like, uh, as you said, it might uh, definitely uh, meeting your family and you be, like, becoming my, so my American parents, let's put it this way, proper way to say. And then embracing other opportunities that God sent me down the road. I will keep try to keep it short. Uh, that most importantly, as I mentioned, it's really for me. It's really basic through things. I said it. Uh, my friends tried to quote uh, that I try to use as a beacon uh, in my life. I maybe explain my attention. It's God. It's my family. My parents are now my family as well as my country, Ukraine. And in all of this is keeping these three as my core uh, lights. That's which I follow and the milestones. I also want, like to use all the experiences that people and knowledge that people like, encounter and uh, and meet uh, to produce good for people around me, either for, for the most definitely in uh, my country, but also if I have a chance to like uh, to help people in other countries whom I meet, that kind of briefly. So now you are married and have a family. So tell us a little bit about your family. Yes, I'm married. Uh, my wife, Kate, and we have two boys, Alex and Mark, who like uh, currently, again, due to the war, uh, we're unfortunately not in our country, uh, but we're definitely very determined to return there. We used to live happily and, um, until the war unleashed in uh, 2022 in Irpin, and with no intention to leave it. But due to the war, I had first to evacuate the family to Western Ukraine and later on through the support of the job partner, Irish company, my family moved to Ireland and later joined them after I was able to, to initially rebuild our home that had been bombed by Russians. Yeah, that's kind of briefly. And what else? I mean, for us, again, the war started, but life goes on. And it's, we should be always like, I like this phrase and uh, quote from one of the movies, then every cat catastrophe is a gift and opportunity. That despite awesome. of everything, and I mentioned it earlier, family is most important. And at this moment, our home and is my home primarily is, uh, where is my family? Definitely and never forgetting about my home country, Ukraine. You do a little bit of running, right? Currently, yes. I used to run uh, 10K, 15K when I was a student and I ride like uh, student marathons before I hurt, I hurt my feet uh, because I didn't properly choose uh, running shoes. 
And that was an issue in my third, even the 32. So yeah, I was being active in running until 32. Then I started more walking and doing academic rowing on rowing machine. But you've always been somebody who pursues endurance, wouldn't you say? I would say, Like yeah, staying in shape, good, right? Yeah, staying in shape. And actually, it was, how call it? It's like, uh, it's like again, uh, if someone, like another saying, if uh, life show, throws you uh, uh, lemons at you, <laughs> just make a lemonade. Uh, yep. And it's not something that I just was born in, like, oh, let's go like and hit the road or let's run it. I was a pretty, uh, I had lots of cold flus, uh, in uh, like uh, pneumonias when I was a child. That's kind of pushed me to look for uh, a solution. So this kind of life uh, like circumstances that I've been thrown into, uh, I was like you know uh, like trying to find the way out, but down the like down the road picking up good, uh, trying to pick up good skills that will help not just only get out of this but keep me going forward. So now you've done a couple different things professionally throughout your life. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously you studied Mm -hmm. here in the United States and then Mm -hmm. you studied in France and got your master's Mm -hmm. in Poland, correct? It's my MBA. I also received a master's in Ukraine. Yeah, I have two masters in Ukraine, but this was my third master. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's in Poland. And and you're this smart because of your American father, right? That's that's where all the brains (laughs) came from. Exactly. It's all genes. It's all genes. It's all genetic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna take full uh, it's like for Amer- it all. it's like American melting pot, Mike. It's like American melting pot. So I mean, I'm definitely very blessed to have uh, blessed by so many great people and great parents, American yeah. and Ukrainian, definitely. Let Let's talk a little bit about Ukraine because most of our listeners yes. don't know much about Ukraine. Tell us about Ukraine pre 2014. The country, Ukraine, before 2014, our independence officially proclaimed since 1991. So it hasn't been a very long period of time. We are really talking about having uh, more than 23 years being independent. And importantly, that's still been perceived as part of this, of of Soviet Union. And many people associated and accompanied businesses with, with Russia. And it was 2014 became the turning point because it was the revolution of dignity when uh, people stood up who wanted a better uh, like destiny for their children and for the country, not going with a crooked president who decided to follow Putin and stop accession to EU, simply sent police to beat up peaceful demonstrators, students. And this unleashed unbelievable uprisal, and which ended up with a how call it with a shooting more than 100. So it's called heavenly 100 people. Implementation in February 2014, and I was the day. I mean, another part of Maidan, but it was uh, definitely very tragic, but heroic. But and that's and then the Russian president escaped. So basically saying, I would say uh, Ukraine, this was this like time, 23 years, uh, gaining this, uh, its uh, uh, independence was recovering from the empiric period of life. Because a uh, different part of history, it's not about the Soviet Union, but about Russian empire that, they, uh, that always saw us as a main so- part of the uh, empire, the source of resources and source of people for the empire. 
And 2014 became a very, it was a second revolution. We had an old revolution in 2004, and 2014 was the second one. And it was really like for Russia, when they saw that they cannot, with this totally corrupted president, keep it under control, they annexed Crimea. And it's all started. So, I mean, for me, the war started not in 2022. The war started in 2014. This is the time when I changed my Facebook to, uh, after shooting this 100 people, to the uh, dark colors when we have like so many losses. And I yep. told it I'm not going to change it back until Ukraine's victory and peace on my land. Yeah. Now, Ukraine is a very beautiful country and full of a lot of natural resources and agriculture mm -hmm. and all that. So it's a very valuable country, correct? Yes, Stalin said it. <laughs> Stalin said that Soviet Union cannot flourish with the Ukrainian wheat, coal, and black soil. It's yep. put it in the set. And that's why he started all that uh, Holodomor, uh, artificial famine, that on the different assessments took from five to, to nine million people. There are definitely good records. So we can say that, I mean, it's right now many countries during the war, they're recognizing this is a loss. But it's, so it's not simply saying that shows the scale. In Holocaust, uh, Israel lost uh, 6 million people. We lost about like twice as more. I'm not yeah. talking about this, but it's those two direct losses. I mean, uh, shows again the, the reason like what was done because of the uh, strong stand that the Ukrainian people uh, took against Soviet evil empire. But yeah. in terms of the, yeah, briefly saying without... Uh, much bragging ukraine is definitely only not natural uh, resources rich but also people in ukrainian in addition to agriculture even before the war one of these top three sectors was information technologies there are lots of startups and very great institutions and lots of companies uh, western companies were opening their branches or hiring ukrainian developers for example yep. plus great engineering schools so it's uh, this that kind of attract the end, definitely location. Why the transport? Because we'd have access uh, to the Black Sea. We have also Azov Sea, uh, good transportation routes to the Western Europe. So that's definitely gives it, and it was a very attractive for trade as well. So let's go, let's kind of explore the whole information technology and, and that type of stuff. So mm -hmm. one of the reasons that a lot of companies, foreign companies are investing into the information technology sector in Ukraine is because many Ukrainians speak multiple languages. Isn't that true? That's true, but not only this. Again, I would like to return to the, it's just the quality of developers themselves, but it doesn't matter because we have definitely great IT tech hubs, both in Eastern Ukraine, Kharkiv, in Kyiv, and in Lviv, in Western. And also they're good in Odessa. So basically saying uh, we have a good, uh, it just, you can get a quality to a very educated uh, labor force who uh, speak can speak foreign language well, who are disciplined, who understand quickly can get on board uh, with Western, the work uh, corporate uh, standards and trying being also entrepreneurially innovative. And actually, was, I would say briefly on, on the end, it was interesting to have one entrepreneur who has roots from Ukraine. He spent a lifetime in France, but then he worked, also worked in US. He said that looking back, that Ukrainians in terms of entrepreneurial spirit have much more in common with Americans than with Russians, though we've been associated as a part of the empire that we are the same kind of nature. I think Soviet, a lot of Americans would be very surprised if they got to know more Ukrainians, how entrepreneurial mm -hmm. they are, and how similar mm -hmm. to the American spirit Ukrainians are. 
True. And this is actually, uh, it is not surprisingly, uh, even internally. And uh, what is very, I can looking back to my educational experience at the US, it's uh, even we call the revolution in 2013, it was revolution of dignity. Such values as freedom, dignity, uh, fairness, uh, respect are very, how call it, very incrustinated for in Ukrainians' DNA. Yes. And and uh, secondly, we also even this, that is why US, US and US people, I can tell when the war started, I was amazed by the number of Peace Corps volunteers who correctly found, I mean, as returned Peace Corps volunteers, who actually started offering the help with the things that the war unfolding on the ground and the, the amount of money that being fundraised, unbelievable. So what I'm saying, it's uh, unless uh, people share similar values, history, and goals, they wouldn't be united. And I can tell many, many times, I said, many, I mean, very thankful as Ukrainian, American, not uh, not only just government, but people who are on a, uh, in addition to the, all the governmental level, provide unbelievable support. And I never will forget uh, how many calls I received from American friends when I was evacuating my family. Yeah. So let's go a little bit into swivel into your kind of personal life so you mm-hmm. you've had a very easy life and everything's gone perfectly from when you yeah, left was, university right everything's just no yeah, problems at all correct easy right it was an easy right yeah yeah, yeah. Right. not not yeah, really no. right so you you've <laughs> gone through some challenges and had mm-hmm. to endure a lot even up to mm-hmm. february of 2022 tell us a little bit about your journey of I would call it work endurance and perseverance. It's uh, actually brings me like, yeah, it's a good, you uh, you mentioned about overall uh, kind of approach, uh, uh, but what kind of helps uh, when I start in uh, all my life experience, both educational as well as uh, uh, like uh, professional and personal was you know, preparing me because uh, things that I was covering and thankful to God because again it's I think it's very important that we never encounter challenges that suppress our capabilities and it's just simply about proper planning preparation and being able to rebuild so believe basically saying uh, I'm not going to go in details but what importantly definitely encountered for me was like you know going back after all the exchange uh, things I've been very motivated to bring it back to my country and my people but we definitely encounter negative heritages from this imperialistic periods uh as corruption that is currently unfortunately exists currently but it's it's already kind of uh, a lot of many things have been done i will never recall when i returned from my internship in france i was already working for the ministry of economy european integration i am brought a letter of collaborate potential collaboration between national agency and french development signed by their vice president and I brought uh, to, to the head of department uh, to initiate collaboration between two governments. I had received a comment, Anatoly, I don't speak French. I don't see any int- my personal interest in this. Go and work with papers. For me, it was shock in 2003 because, I mean, how? I mean, this is I mean, this is such a great opportunity. It took me a time to in the, uh, really specify However, I just really concluded not to uh, get a solution, just simply to make how could be able to adapt pretty quickly and understand where I could have a leverage. That later on brought me working with the area of uh, with fiscal development, starting the youth development program, helping youth from small towns and villages of Ukraine 
to grow professionally and personally in such areas as uh, healthy lifestyles, information technology, entrepreneurship, civic activism, etc. And that is it. Pali project turned into the national program. Later on, having then you know motivated that I realized that it's great to have international development, but for sustainability, it's important to start own businesses. And it, you know that's why I later on received to go into the uh, received my MBA. And having worked for more, more than four years in the management general consultancy with the big companies, I was really kind of having seen the experience, start interested in starting my own venture. And later on, thanks to the great offer for just to do the due diligence for one of the uh, production sites, it turned out in the partnership, starting the Breadmaster Bakery. But the thing that we didn't approach simply like making a cafe with a bakery, we really looked at the benchmarking and had great opportunity to have the, before we launched the opportunity to have so-called, uh, not an internship, but I would say a familiarization with a great role model of bread alone bakery in the U.S. Because the uh, owner himself, his grand uh, grandfather was from Ukraine and he escaped before Bolshevik came from Odessa and he opened us arms and showed us, allowed us to start the bakery. But not going in the details, all of this experience was, as you said, Mike, it wasn't an easy ride. I had many times that an offer that goes in contradiction with uh, my values, my beliefs, and I was always choosing the uh, maybe tougher, but right track, with which I will be in peace uh, myself and with God. And again, I will finalize this, not going before, just going to war. One person who really, I think for our listeners will be interesting to find out, I believe it's a great book. It's called Grit by Angela Duckworth. She herself has a very like also easy write career. You can, uh, yeah, can you hear a TED talk uh, as well as a book Grit. But uh, she talks about, she done research with the military people, with sport people and with entrepreneurs. And she found for those who achieve the biggest success, it's not about IQ, or it's not about money or etc. or talent. It's really about grit. And the for grit that is being looked at full level, that is uh, understanding what is your passion. So it's what's your dream, what is your calling, it's what is an internal drive. Each uh, person next, what's our purpose, what I want to do, or when I just simply a hobby, or maybe I want to become a rock singer. Then practice, it's really, if you like something, if you have a clear goal, it's definitely, it's, we are really talking about this 10,000 hours of hard, really uh, working practice and perseverance, because it's not always an easy pass. And even with our bakery, I mean, we didn't stop for five years until measles hit Kiev. Uh, and it wasn't definitely, there were many hard moments uh, during this turbulent uh, entrepreneurial ride. But all of these four things, despite everything and embodied with a strong belief in God and strong support of people who believe in your course, in your product, in your values and support you, can, I mean, definitely keep us going. So, yeah, so this is, uh, I would put it was pretty long, but I hope it's kind of, I'd like to take in a way. That's uh, for me, it was always really following, uh, staying with my true motives and values, being in peace and in harmony with God and myself, and really being thankful to the people who have been supporting and surrounding me. Yeah. This very became very key to, to my endurance and brought me and my family where we are right now. Yep. We're on this whole mindset of endurance and everything. And mm -hmm. February of 2022 began for you and your family quite the journey, wouldn't you say? 
It was, yeah, it was, uh, I think it's, uh, yeah, definitely it's a very tragic and sad moment, but on the other hand, it's became, like, how call it, um, it's an inevitable. It was inevitable right. for our country. To a certain extent, we had, I mean, with all of the history we are reading, it wasn't, underst- I mean, th- we didn't want it to happen, but all many signs were given it. And uh, yeah, looking back, could we, could I prepare more better? Yeah, there's some lessons learned, but overall, mm, yeah, it was definitely difficult uh, looking back period. But most important that the country is still there. And we are all alive and we keep on fighting, uh, both for our country and for our families. And and this is really where the mindset of endurance is setting in, because everybody kind of thought from an analyst standpoint that big old bad Russia was just going to you know come in and you know blow up Ukraine and, and Ukrainians were going to roll over and just give up the country, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they I mean, the different projection was saying from three days to maximum to three weeks for the entire country. Yeah. Now we're going we're going on two years, so that speaks yeah. a lot to what the mindset of endurance does for Ukrainians because it's not easy for them. They they don't have mm-hmm. the best arms. They don't have the mm-hmm. most troops. They don't have endless supplies of drones and missiles. But they're still in there kicking and fighting, aren't they? Yeah, it's because uh, it's unbelievable. Sometimes, um, how you call it? People only when they're thrown into difficult situation, and it's what happened myself. You know, uh, with the, after recovering my burnt home, uh, shows how much strength and endurance we have inside of us. And sometimes it just takes the sitcart situation uh, to, to to understand ourselves. And definitely, it's uh, it's a really true to be a friend in need, who won't be just simply just say yeah 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 we believe in you and I'll check you, but uh, like a friend in need who will give you support. So yeah, for many uh, kind of Ukrainians came out in different light for the entire world, and it's also for themselves. Yep. So for you personally, what does it mean to you to develop a mindset of endurance? For me, looking back in my experience, it's really starting with understanding inside, internally, what's really, uh, what drives me, what I want to do with my life, what is my calling, and understanding this, trying like building step by step. And with endurance specifically, uh, like do, whether it's again, is it with a run, running, whether it's a swimming or it's a rowing that I've been doing, it's really about being able to set the challenging goals, listening to the constructive feedback, pieces of advice, following, but not definitely filtering out those skeptics who said, you don't deserve it, you cannot do it, you are too young, you're not prepared, etc. You know, you've heard probably, now listening, probably heard it many times. So being able to, like, really, uh, to journey, but take the one that's really constructing and helping. And then even uh, like recently I watched another just the day before yesterday, I watched another movie based on it again about the American swimmer in Yard. Probably many people could see it on uh, Netflix. It's um, it's about this uh, really passionate swimmer who couldn't swim from, uh, who, could fa- who failed to swim at the age of 28 from Cuba to to U.S. And then she just decided to return to her goal and dream when she was 60 
And what, did she do it very easily when she was 60? No, she did it uh, only on the fifth attempt. But well, the, for three th the three things that she said, and it talks about, about endurance, that when she came out and based on a true third, that, you know, that first, never give up. Second, chase your dreams. And third, sometimes in our life, whether it's running or what, it seems we, it's a soul sport. No, it's always a team. It's a team of our friends, of our family, of our colleagues. And it's uh, important just to stick with them. So endurance is not something that's only within us, but also from the people who we're surrounding teams. And I would say, I would just, what I've seen through the war, it's the adaptability, being being able quickly to assess situation, gather critical information, and without true delay, to take decision and to take the action. Yeah. And the uh, endurance uh, not doesn't come from those who do the uh, great uh, mathematical models. Yeah, it's important to do calculation, preparation, etc. But all those who are ready, like you know, to put the hands in the dough. Breaker or hit the road, you know, and try it, and definitely learning, and then despite drawbacks to get back, but definitely taking time to recover, because yeah. without proper recovery uh, uh, and return hitting the road might be really tragic and pathetic. For hey, you, you know, so, you yeah. just sounded like an ultra runner. You, you <laughs> talked about everything that it takes to complete an ultra marathon. You know, you 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 can't just think that it's you're alone in this journey. But you have to have mm -hmm. a team of people around you and surround yourself with people that are of like mind and like spirit that are going to get you there. And you have to be willing to be disciplined. I mean, you you just talked about, you know, probably one of the keys to endurance, and, and that's discipline. That's having the discipline to get up and do things when you don't want to and when it's not convenient to get up and do things. And so, you know, that's you've described all the all the attributes and characteristics of what it takes to be an ultra marathon and that's kind of when i look at what's going on in ukraine i just sit there and, and i go you know this is this is an ultra marathon exactly russia's approaching exactly. this I like think... a 5k you know let's you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. go rush in and do this thing and they don't realize they're in an ultra marathon and ukrainians mm -hmm. do ukrainians realize yeah, I... this is an ultra marathon yeah, I think this is very true. I mean, I would start like with a personal, but I uh, started with the finish with the country. I was, I recall like, you know, my waking up myself at 3 or 4 a.m. about like second year with the bakery and thinking, oh my gosh, I mean, do we need to go this? I mean, it's so tough. Nobody takes, nobody believes. It's so many yeah. obstacles. Uh, criminal cases started artificially against us, etc. Uh, issues with the staff, with suppliers, with whatever you can call it, but it's like uh, with that uh, book read, you just need to show up. You just okay. get in the car, you get the lights on the baker, you get the team, and you keep going. You know, keep yeah. going, keep going, keep going. And, you know, step by step, every time. Sometimes even like, you know, going by professional right now, working also with developers in IT sector. It's not always easy with people. I see some people who have talent, who have potential, but who give up. Yes. And it's really important about this perseverance, you know, just maybe, yeah, you're not going to maybe break this marathon, you know, but you just participation in this. It might be insightful or might be made a great person who will become your mentor or a life partner. And going back to the country, yeah, it's a very, I just, it's really important in endurance and keeping, and I've seen it in peace volunteers who've been working, the most successful people, and I think it's in life and in profession, 
the ones who are adaptable and who come with low expectations. Yeah. Because the ones, those who have their predetermined agenda for their life, for their marathon, even for the war. Uh, I've been reading a book, another lady who went through uh, Auschwitz through the Holocaust period with Germans. There was one lady, uh, Jan, uh, who, uh, who believed that on Christmas, the camp will be liberated and they will survive. And she was such strongly believed that when the Christmas came and liberation uh, came, she died. And there are wow. unfortunately people who, and going back to the country, Ukraine is not now not the solution. I mean, definitely they have issues, but everybody now in my country, and we are all Ukrainians, understand that it's a marathon. It's not going to give us all better day. We need to yeah, take time to, to regain and to be resilient and can be unified. Definitely addressing the issue, not closing the eyes on the things that cannot draw back. But, and that's kind of finishing this one. I think it's, it brings to other uh, the life that's it's nice to have uh, sprints, but our life is the marathon. <laughs> even yeah. like not only enjoying and we it's better to approach this and enjoy it down the road, not only just the goal, but the process itself. Yes. So that that brings up kind of as we're gonna, you know, draw this thing to a close. I told you to look up a word. Uh-huh. Indomitable. Yeah. So yeah, it's indomitable. Indomitable. What is it? indomitable. So so it's without uh, without looking up the thing, okay, you you've looked up the definition. Uh-huh. What does that mean uh-huh. to you? What does it mean to become indomitable? Never harmony. It's okay. it's like not it's not like an unstoppable, but it's even more than an unstoppable. Unstoppable is the one that who cannot uh, kind of cannot be stopped from walking. But this is nevgamomni. It's more in my native language. It's like a fire. Fire cannot be put off until there is excess of the air and it's like no the force. And this is like eternal fire. Meaning that uh, if uh, it's like breathing, you know, until the person is alive, the person gonna breathe. Uh, similar with the spirit, meaning that doesn't matter which challenges I'm gonna life gonna throw at me. But again, because I know again, I have strong belief in God that God does again gonna not gonna gonna send me challenges beyond my efforts, and I'm gonna have great supporting people. I have my goal that is uh, my drive and my course for life to go. I'm not gonna stop. And to bring me down, and I mean, only peace and, I mean, people can kill me, or even if they kill me, uh, there will be deeds and my actions that I don't know will continue. Because that's kind of, a, I mean, I think this is the approach and it gives, how call it, yeah. uh, gives a good, uh, you know, peace and understanding while to go. Keep going. Yeah, you're, you're a perfect example of somebody who is developing and and I always tell people you don't develop in an indomitable spirit you just let it out you've already got mm-hmm. it inside of you you know if if you're if you're breathing right now there you have an indomitable spirit inside of you you just have to stop asking permission to let it out and just be indomitable and that's one of the things that that I see in you is you don't ask permission to not give up. You don't ask permission to go and try something that seems impossible. You just go do it. And then you just walk on and do the next thing. And that's what it means to be indomitable. And that's that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show was to show people that it doesn't matter what country you come from. It doesn't matter what your culture is. It doesn't matter what you're going through. You already have a spirit of indomitable inside of you. And you really do, and and you exemplify that in all ways possible. 
Thank you, Mike. And I just say that in again, and I overall, I would say my approach to life, like uh, whether you're being indomitable or whether it will be gritty or it's something that we, uh, yeah, some things we have, God gave us like the childhood, we have some seeds of those. But many things are developable. I mean, if there's a two passion with this hard practice and discipline, I said earlier, it can be developed. And I've seen it like in raising up my children. You know, it's not always easy, but it was a good demanding, but uh, encouraging, supporting love, endless love, unconditional love. Many things can be done. And I believe we just need to, that's why as a, like as a parents, as a colleagues, as a manager, as leaders, if we're going to bring it to back to our families, communities, companies, uh, we're going to see I mean, these changes on a higher scale. And yes. the same goes back to the country. I just have no doubts that my people, my country, and we will win because uh, good will prevail. And I just might say a wish to your audience, to people who are listening to definitely keep going. Uh, never really giving up, being indomitable. And uh, I would say, how we call it? And share this. Well, it's really important uh, giving and sharing this great experience because it might be a great support for other people who have such as dreams. And with your example, the uh, dream can become their goal and later it become their reality. Awesome. That is the perfect way to take it out. So that'll do it for this week's episode of Living and Ultra Life. And I hope you really enjoyed Anatoly Sakno. I know I enjoy him a lot. And Anatoly, thank you so much for joining us as a guest. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure and an honor. Thanks for listening. Really appreciate you guys. We'll see you next time on Living an Ultra Life.